0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here with Aiden, who was with me a program or two ago. And we invite you to go to Relate365.com and download these programs or listen to these programs, share them with a friend. The purpose of Younger Older is simple. We get together and I'm an older guy and I bring a younger guy in here. We talk over a table, which is something I think that uh, is unique and should happen more often because dialogues between generations are important not because one knows more than the other, but because life is really made of perspectives, and you get to see different perspectives and talk things through and understand things differently if you actually hang around people who are different than you are. Hanging around with people who are always the same yields tragic results, and that's important to understand. Uh, for example, Aiden, you remember King Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible? Yeah. There were three guys who stood up to him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The rest of the people listened to him. In fact, kings surrounded themselves with people who thought like they thought only. So they always thought they were right because nobody challenged them until Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel eventually with a different king, but they challenged him. And because of that, Nebuchadnezzar actually got to see God, which is very incredible because everyone else was just yes sir and them to death you know I mean it's like whatever you say you must be the greatest whatever you say is true but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said no this bowing thing wrong and they were respectful but see what happens is somebody who knew God was able to have a perspective shift for Nebuchadnezzar and I think that's what's important about programs like Younger Older we get to talk between generations and talk about things that uh, allow us to talk as different generations and figure out w- what perspective is different. What do I need to, to notice? So, uh, Aiden, you're, you're here for the summer. You are here as an MBI student, which is Nicolay Bible Institute. How's your summer been so far?
1: Uh, it's, it's been pretty good. Uh, a lot of hard work, but it's rewarding, and I'm just glad to be able to do what God wants me to do and just be where he wants me to be.
0: Okay, and what, what are you working on in the summer here? What have you done so far?
1: Uh, maintenance, which is basically just another fancy word for picking things up and putting things down somewhere else.
0: Yeah, well, we, we have a lot of people that are running around the ground. So maintenance, th- things break, things need to be maintained, things need to be repainted, things need to be rebuilt uh, because things are used. Uh, many years ago in ministry, I, I evaluated things and still do on the basis of how we wear them out. So if you were to give us a gift, let's say you were some guy, you know, gave us a van or something to use for children, um, and we wore it out, I'd feel good about that because we took your gift and we actually used it the way you intended it to be. So I've never really gotten upset when we wear something out because it shows that we've used it and, and that somehow someone's benefited from it. Um, so not only are you here serving and learning to serve and being a part of a class of MBI students who, have, who are serving this summer, uh, but you're also um, here to be an example to those around you. Uh, you're one of the ones that we look to to be a leader, to actually help people understand what it's like to have a good attitude, to love God, and more is, is learned by observation than it is through lecturing any day. So uh, do you notice that the kids around you, that they they notice who you are and, and watch a little bit what you do?
1: Yeah, I've noticed that uh, even with, like, tasks that I believe in by myself or just, you know, just working by myself or working hard, that some kid comes by and asks a question, asks what you're doing, and that's an opportunity for me just to just to give a little bit of light, you know. I don't know what's happening in his background, and that's an opportunity that God can use me just to, you know, say something to make the kid's day better or, you know, have a conversation, just be there for God, and you know, like the work we do, we're all over the place, and it's kind of surprised me how much kids we actually
0: ran into, just, you know, them having a stroll or something, and yeah, it's been a great summer in that sense. Kids come from all over the country, they they basically are normal children who are looking for relationships and healthy relationships, and uh, they can question anybody that's here. I want to encourage anyone, your age, any age, be ready to give an answer to people for, for the hope that you have, and live in a way where if somebody's watching you, they they see God somehow. You know, somehow in your life they see it. Whether it's because you're kind or you work hard and and again I think Aiden, you're one of the kinder people, so I th- I think that's probably a more natural bend for you. Um as we talked you, you come up with questions, whether they be in class at MBI or, or here. What what's on your mind these days? Um I was wondering, um, how are we to act to the LGBTQ community?
1: Oh. for Christians. Okay. Um because First of all, we appreciate the Christian idea, the Christian side, you know, following God and everything. But what they're doing and what they believe and stand for is against what God says. Absolutely. I believe that when you crack down on somebody, that sooner or later they will break, but it may not be the way you want them to break. Okay. Like, like I'm afraid to push people that I know on this area because I'm afraid that if I push them hard enough or if I, t- if I strive out of my way hard enough to, you know, point them to the truth, uh, you know, just to show them back to God and what God did and, you know, how God made it to be that I'm afraid that I could lose their Christian side entirely, that they would just follow the, this human world and this human issues. Um, yeah. there's someone in my life recently that I just found out went bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, whole life christian family you know she went to a a program kind of like nbi but somewhere else and the other day just she was also some bisexual and i'm 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 not sure how to go about that like yeah she knows the bible she knows everything about it but she's still striving and pursuing something that's not and like there's also like other things that are like prohibiting me like um i really wish i could remember the verse but uh, don't point the the speck of wood in the other person's eye when the plank in your own. That right. that one, you know, we all screw up. We all are sinners, and all sin falls short of the glory of God. And you know, they could point at the stuff that I do wrong as I am pointing at them for this, for where they stand. So I'm just, I'm so confused. The right way to do it because yeah. I I kind of believe them saying they're Christian, but they have this other worldview or ideas I doesn't sound like and it sounds like they may maybe smearing the name of Christian.
0: Yeah. Well, you, why do you care?
1: I, well, for this person I care because I've known her most of my life and she's someone that I don't want to see going down this path and, okay. but there's also other people out there I'm pretty sure that also are dealing with this, you know, this is not just.
0: So this isn't about you just being right and them being wrong. You, you actually care about the person? Yes. So, and you care because you think that if they live this way, they're going to be miserable?
1: I think if they live this way, I don't think they're being available to be used by God the way God meant them to be. Well, I I'm sure. Like, I believe that God could use them so much better if they didn't have this hurdle in their life. Like, God can use everyone to the extent God wants to use. Like, no one can say that. Just my human understanding of it, I believe it would be easier for God to truly use someone
0: if, you know, followed what everything in the word said. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it makes sense that if you want to be used of God, you need to follow what he says. And, and yes, I think the Bible's very clear that God created you um, and you have a certain gender. You have a certain, uh, you're either male or you're female, and we understand that. Um, how you feel is another story. First of all, there's a lot of issues here. N- number one, all sin is sin, correct? Yeah. So if somebody's greedy, that's sinful, right? Yeah. So if this girl was greedy, would you be asking me the same question? I don't think so. So so this sin is different than greed?
1: In my understanding, yes.
0: Okay. and And yet... Theologically, you know that's not true. Yes. Okay, but at least you're able to admit that and say, no, I, there are certain sins that are more acceptable to you, in other words. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that you have to deal with, not hurt. Not yeah. Uh, because really, all sin, it keeps us from the things in life that we should be enjoying. Um, God made us a certain way, and he didn't make us to sin. But if we choose to sin, then we're going to be separated from the things that he really has intended for us. And that's what should break our heart. I mean, I should be have a broken. If I see you and you're you're choosing to live a way you shouldn't live, I should have a broken heart over that for you. Not not because I want to be right, not because I want you to conform to me, but be, but for your sake I should, because I've been convinced that living in sin, no matter what it is, if we know about it, if we choose to intentionally sin, there's no way that God could bless that. You know, it's kind of like me asking God to make me an Olympic athlete while I sit on the couch and eat ice cream. You know, it's like, God, bless me, but I'm not going to do anything towards the goal. So so there are people that say, God, I really want, you know, to, to love you and abuse you. However, I'm not going to listen to you as far as how I made or how I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I think first thing is your own mind is sorting out the idea, you know, why do I care? And And not only why do I care, but Um, do I really classify sins differently than other sins? And should I be classifying all sin the same? Because if not, what you do is you have a tendency to kind of soft-soap your sin. So the sins in your life that are involved in your life right now, somehow you've compromised enough to make those acceptable. And they aren't as bad as other sins. Um, it's interesting. I think, I think that all sin is bad, but there are some sins that have some consequences that are worse than others. All right, and uh, we're told that the sexual sins do—they have consequences that that seem to be worse. Uh, murdering somebody seems has a consequence different than being greedy. I'm not saying that they're right or there's a, a magnitude of bad. I'm just saying that both of them are sins, and there's there's something associated with that's going to cause a problem. Um, If somebody is around me who struggles with what God obviously says, um, I'm going to make sure that they know that God loves them and that he has a plan. And if they choose not to listen to it, they're the ones who are going to suffer. They're the ones that are going to lose. I'm not going to lecture them on another story at that point. I think that each culture during certain times of, of culture, during our time right now, there are hot buttons, you know, and the hot button right now is, is the uh, gender button. Uh, that's a hot button. So someone might say, well, you Christians, you're always talking about gender. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about other things. because they are not hot buttons right now. It, it doesn't mean that other things aren't there. It doesn't mean that other things are healthy. You know, uh, you've, you've sat in my classes, you know, I think you ought to be disciplined, right? In life. Yeah. So are you disciplined? I hope so. Yeah. Do you need to still work on it? Absolutely. Okay, and I still care for you and love you anyway. So I haven't treated you differently because of that. I'm treating you in a way that I still want to show you respect, but I'm going to say you need to be more disciplined. I'm going to work on that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to take a stand on things that I absolutely know for sure, but not in a way where I estrange you from me. You know, I'm not going to do it in a way where I where I, where I push you away and say, you shouldn't talk to me. The truth is, if, if you don't like honest questioning, you're not gonna hang around me anyway. Eventually you're gonna find somebody who approves of what you want. Now let's go back to my illustration of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three guys did what they should do, regardless of the consequence. So they were gonna get burned to death you know. in this one. However, I wanna focus more on Nebuchadnezzar once again. The idea that Nebuchadnezzar always was around people or had people around him that just kept saying what he wanted. I would predict this, that this young lady that you're talking about is surrounding herself with people saying what she wants to hear. So the more they say that, the more she's gonna be convinced that that's the only truth there is. And that you're a radical, religious, right-winged, goofy person, you know I mean? Eventually, because she's surrounding herself with other information. One of the great flaws in all of our, our, our world today is the fact that if I believe something and if a majority of people around me believe it, then it must be true. We, we can't set truth by just belief. You can't believe something hard enough to make it true if it's not true. And, and the truth is God made genders. And, and there are people that are confused because they're listening to the wrong voices. Do you think it's unusual for somebody who's an adolescent to be confused about life I- as far as anything?
1: I think that makes sense, there's yeah. so many voices out there.
0: Yeah, do we, let, um, do we let eight-year-olds drive cars? No. Do we let 12-year-olds drive cars? I hope not. But oftentimes we're letting 12-year-olds tell us their gender's wrong. They're not in a position where they're mature enough to decide these things. And really, that's a very simple understanding of life that isn't there's a reason why our, our the United States military doesn't let you fight a, you know fly a fighter jet when you're 12 years old and and neither are they going to start and what we need to be able to do is be a culture that looks at things and says, you know let's let's be okay with times where people are actually confused about something let's love them through it let's keep." talking to them what the truth is, but don't give in to the lies in the process. You know, the Bible tells us that we love people. And if if this girl is ever going to change, she needs to see that she's cared for and loved. But that doesn't mean you accept everything in her lifestyle, the way she's living. And that's where the world really has come to. If you don't accept everything about me, then you don't accept me. Well, that's not true. Each one of us has things in our life that's irritating to somebody else. Each one of us is sinful. Each one of us do things that, we, that we're blinded to, that somebody else in our life needs to tell us. I mean, how many times in class did you say something and I would say, no, Aiden, that's not true? A lot. Yeah, so it, it, did you feel like I hate you? No. No, see, we're in a, a certain kind of relationship where I asked you a question on purpose to figure out what you were thinking, and once I heard you, I said, no, that doesn't work. Let me tell you why. And the only reason is it's not that I'm smarter than you. That I'm older than you. So I, I can come to you and say, no, 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 no. I thought that once too, maybe. But here's what happened to me along the way. Here's, here's what I've learned. And really, anything that's true is simple. So, so you look back at the beginning. There's a God. I'm not him. He created the world. I didn't do it. So that's pretty simple so far. He created man and woman. Okay, let me ask you some, some very simple questions. Did he create man and woman differently? Yes. So men are not going to give birth to a baby. Yes. Okay, so there we go. Uh, they're different. Is different bad? No. Be in our culture, we think different is bad. And, and not only that, we think we have to live the way we want to live or it's a bad deal. And that God could have possibly made mistakes, that he's random. You went through my class when we were talking about Job and we realized God doesn't make mistakes. He's not random. And when you accuse him of being random, that's really silly. Because there's not one random thing he ever did so to come to god and say you know what I, you made me wrong i'm supposed to be this way you No, know, that's that's not an accusation that i want to stand before god and never have to give a reason for because it's not healthy so i guess my suggestion to you is you need to know the truth and live in the truth and give an example of what it looks like you need to care for those around you your friend you, you need to, to love that person but never give in to the wrong i mean you can say you, you know what you did what you're doing in life. I disagree totally, here's why, and I wish you wouldn't do that, and here's why. However, you want a pizza? You know, you can be with them. Um, The thing you have to be careful about in your age in any age is when you start allowing that person to have the, the influencer role in your life. So now they're influencing you to believe things that God said are not right. And that's when it becomes dangerous. But you need to stay in God's word and love God and you need to love this person and, and you always need to take a stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took a stand. Daniel, you know, people said you can't pray, open his windows and pray. It was like, well, what are you trying to do? Cause trouble? Yeah, to me, I guess. I'm not trying to beat you up. I didn't say you have to pray. You know, notice that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't say, well, King, you know, you can't bow down to idols. They said, we're not. So really what you want to do is be a guy who loves God and has no apologies for it and lives right. And then those around you, honestly, they may not feel overly comfortable with you because they're going to feel convicted when you're around. However, you don't need to lecture them. You don't need to, you know, this is not the time period I think in history where you lecture people into truth. This is a time where you love them into truth. And I think that's always been the case, but I think even more now that, you know, there's too many religious zealots out there that just yell at you about everything. And that's not really what you want to do. You want to show them that you care, but you also know what the truth is and that it, the truth actually matters. So I don't know if I answered that or not for you, but I ramble a little bit. Uh, does that help at all?
1: Yeah, that helps in the, well, the idea, first of all, that that was a good reminder that all sin is sin, you know, you know, we all fall short and. That we, you know, that, that you know, I think that's something that we all need to be reminded of that we can point out the people's, and but should we really when we have our own things in our own vaults within us that we struggle with? Like, that is very true.
0: Well, it's not that you don't take a stand on sin, it's that you got to understand everyone's sins and don't pick ones that are acceptable and go softer on them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. I guess, like, the one thing that I would, I asked towards the LGB community again is what if like someone in your family went that way? Wouldn't that hurt your reputation? Because like, you know, everyone knows you as a, you know, your podcast and everything you do here at camp and everything that if someone like if one of your children didn't that, wouldn't that make a hard, wouldn't that put you in a hard situation? Because that's kind of saying that you didn't, you know, like. Maybe not you didn't, but, like, the idea that they're there. Right. And that could look back on you like you didn't do enough. When it comes down to it's them, you know, it's just them, but people don't believe it just that way, that everything is connected. So wouldn't that have an effect on your ministry? And Like, how would you go forward with that? Like, yeah.
0: You know, I don't think it would. I think it would break my heart. And that, that's the extent of the damage at this point. And the reason is, is because honestly, can I ever control your decisions, Aiden? No. You're going to make your decisions no matter what I say. Yeah. So for me to pretend that I can control you or anyone else come and say, well, Dave, you know Aiden and he's acting like an idiot. So, so Dave, you must be an idiot. It's like, no, you you can be an idiot without me. I can be an idiot without you. I mean, you can turn any way you want, but I'm not, I'm never going to control you or anybody else in the world. I'm not going to do that. And I can't my kids, my children are sinful and 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 I'm sinful now am i am I proud of that? Am I saying oh good no, but the bottom line really is they have to choose their own life, they have to choose uh, their, what they what they are going to put as far as important in their life and live the way that they believe would honor God, and when they don't, I'm their dad, I get to challenge them on it as a dad. What I get to do most importantly is love their mother, live in a way that compels them to investigate honestly what Christianity is all about and to really choose that way to live and not reject God because of my life. You know, the Bible tells us that if you lead a little one astray, it'd be better that a millstone be tied around your neck and you're thrown into a deep abyss. I think God takes very seriously the idea that people live in a way where as they get older, they reject God because of you. Now, just because someone in your family rejects God, it doesn't mean that it's because of you they've rejected God. They, for some reason, have taken in inputs where they've challenged and Satan's been able to get in their mind and mess with their mind a little bit, get them confused, and they start acting confused. I mean, you've gone through MBI. I've had other people go through MBI, young men, and when they're done, a year later, two later, they come back and and they say, you know, Dave, I don't believe in God anymore. And they're not blaming me. They're coming back to tell me because they realize I do believe in God. And what we have here is a standoff. Either God exists or he doesn't. Either he's the way I said he is or he isn't. And normally that's what I'll tell them. I'll say, okay. You say, no, you're not going to try and argue with me? Of course not. Here's what I am going to ask, though. Five years from now, if you're going to exclude God from your life, I want you to give me a call and tell me how life is. That's all I'm asking. Five, ten years from now, whatever you want. If you can remember where I'm at, and if you know where I'm at, give me a call and let me know how life is. Because you're saying that you can find fulfillment, you can find uh, satisfaction in life without God. And I'm telling you that long term, you might be able to, you might be able to eat a pizza and feel good for about thirty seconds. I mean, you might be able to do that. But the bottom line really is, long term, no, you're going to, you're not going to find satisfaction because God put a this this void in you that only he could fill. And if you want to avoid him, that's certainly your choice. But you're inviting life to be worthless, miserable, you know, where, where you're gonna struggle with anxiety and depression and anger and all that kind of stuff because you weren't meant to live that way. Now, honestly, the men who I have talked to like that, almost all of them so far, and again, I don't know because their lives aren't over, have come back and said, my life's a wreck without God. I said, yeah, okay now do you want to talk more or do you want to stay that way do you see my approach isn't i'm going to beat you up or my approach is you know in my life i really believe that god has a plan that he loves us that he made male and female he made us different and different is good i'm going to love my wife i'm going to love my kids i'm going to try and be generous i'm going to do things in life so that I give an example to you of what i need to be you can reject me if you'd like and here is the real kicker on that. God has demonstrated his love to us that while we were sinners, he sent Jesus for us and people have rejected Jesus. He's created the world. He's created sunsets and sunrises and, and created things. And they've made up theories about how can we get God out of this? And let's, let's call it you know, accidental, big bang, whatever you want to call it. And, and in the process of this, you begin to see that people are looking for ways to exclude the evidence that God gives them And if you choose to exclude the evidence that God gives us, then there's no hope for you to know who God is. And if you you want to exclude the evidence that Dave gives you, you could do that. However, then don't yell at me someday because I shared with you what I knew. I'll never share with you that I'm perfect. I'm never gonna do that. I'm always gonna tell you that people struggle with sin uh, academically and theologically, I'm not going to tell you one sin is worse than another because it's not. But I will tell you that all sin, all sin separates you from God and is tragic. And you may not think that because sometimes for a moment, sin sounds kind of fun. You know, if you, if, if you were to offer me, you know, a, a gallon of really quality vanilla ice cream, I'd probably want to eat the whole thing. And while I'm eating it, I'm going, this is good stuff, until I'm done. And then I go, this wasn't good stuff, I don't feel good. It's the later moment that a lot of people forget about. You can, in life, be tempted by your feelings, your emotions. For a moment, you can think, oh, I, I really need that extra brownie. How fast do those brownies go down, Aiden? Very quick. Then you need another one, don't you?
1: Probably. Yeah,
0: it doesn't taste as good after it's down the throat. It tastes good while it's going down. So maybe another one, maybe another two. M- maybe I need to eat the whole tray. And then afterwards you're going, what'd I do that for? Well, ask yourself that while you're doing it because it tastes pretty good while you're doing it, but you're not meant to do that. And so you're gonna get in trouble down the road. And that's important to see. I hope that makes sense. And we'll, I, I think our, you know our time for this segment of Younger Older is over, but we'll, uh, we'll go on and maybe some other questions, some other things we can talk about. Uh, but I thank you for listening. If you're uh, listening to a podcast, this is uh, Dave Wager, and I'm with Aiden today coming to you from the studios of relate365.com. And we are located on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, which is really a division of Silver Birch Ranch. And you can find information there at silverbirchranch.org or you can go to relate365.com and download this or other podcasts that are made, especially to challenge your, your thought process. So uh, I thank you, Aiden, for today. And I look forward to us having another discussion here real soon and invite those that are listening to join us when they get the opportunity. Relate365.com. Goodbye for now.